0: Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillens and Brad Forsyth.
1: As sure as tomorrow is Valentine's Day, it's The Advertising Show here today, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. We've got a, a guest out of L.A. today, and uh, it, it's a cool company It's called Retrofit Films. Okay, and the guest, well, his name is Chris Hanada. And we'll talk about uh, his time with uh, Tom Cruise and Paula Wagner and his time with uh, working on films like uh, The Lords of Dogtown, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and more. So we'll talk with Chris in uh, just a few minutes here on The Advertising Show, Jeremy Kent, our European correspondent, with us too. So all in all, way too much to uh, to share with only yourself. You want to share it with a friend as well at TheAdvertisingShow.com. Thanks for listening. We've got uh, a, a fantastic um, relationship with a really cool company uh, that really kind of gets into media as it is in motion. And uh, they are once again a uh, uh, part of uh, the list of sponsors of the advertising show. Brad, you have got some info on that?
0: Yeah, um, I was sitting here reading some copy, but we're going to go ahead and talk about. Uh, you want to talk about Audible now? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like. Well, to. you know, you mentioned a few few weeks ago, Ray, about Life, which is the publication by Keith Richards, and uh, Dead or Alive. I know you're a big te- uh, Tom Clancy. Uh, fan. Uh, but what's interesting and the offer that we're bringing to the advertising show listeners is that uh, for simply going online and going to audiblepodcast.com slash ad show, you're going to get the opportunity for a free audiobook download to begin your for- free 14 day trial. Uh, and it's just that simple. Now, you're probably listening to us through an MP3 or an iPod uh, player of some sort. So sure. simply going to com slash ad show you're going to be able to pick up on 75,000 titles of audiobooks, many from the new york times bestseller arts and entertainment fiction nonfiction. all the categories are there for you to peruse and eventually choose as they say so to get your free audio book download again just simply go to audible podcast.com slash ad show again that's audible com ad show and mm-hmm. sign up today as they say it's yeah. a great
1: deal so we thank the guys at audible as well for uh, continuing their support of the advertising show. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, Brad, is having a few uh, uh, problems with uh, OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Uh, basically, uh, her ratings has fallen well below Discovery <laughs> Health Women uh, in the 25-54 women averages. Uh, uh, that could be a problem. What do you think about that? Not as, not as hot as uh, they thought it might be.
0: Well, she's, she's out of the gate. And uh, she's got a, you know, she's got she's got a big job ahead of herself, as we've talked sure. about here on the show, right? I mean, how do you how do you come out of a, a syndicated program so successful as Oprah, and then try to start your own network and out of the gate with so many other, you know, programming choices out there available to viewers these days, and that's only through the traditional channels, not to mention digital. I, I don't know. I think that. As we've said before, the the key to this deal is going to be what's happening with Oprah a year or two down the road. I'm happy to hear that uh, uh, who's the wild and crazy guy that's on cable and he has a syndicated TV program and he is on Fox um, glenn beck i'm glad to hear that his ratings okay. are suffering because i find him to be a little cookie myself that's not a political statement that's a personal opinion I understand. but the guy apparently was losing his flagship in new york on radio his his uh... his ratings are suffering on his cable tv program and what's interesting is i turned him on the other day to see what he was doing mm-hmm. and he was defensive he had all this here's what they're doing to me and i'm going to answer to this allocation paranoia
1: you mean no? okay that's it's like like glenn
0: what viewers you have are not interested in as you're losing what you were doing before i mean it's crazy (laughs)
1: Uh, i'm always inspired by the guys who take their their 15 minutes of fame and i do mean that uh as it relates to uh, and throw it away it's like no 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 not only that but start believing in the in the pr that behind that fame it's like (laughs) hello you're you're joe Sixpack too and you know uh, protect what you have and shut up uh, of course All you can right. shut up if you're a talk show host but uh, yeah Glenn please please uh, take it. Take a deep breath and uh, uh, take a new look and a new perspective
0: at what you're doing there pal it's a good thing yeah if you go to if you go to any man I don't know if he's still doing it but this was a, you know three or four three or four or five days ago that it was he was being very defensive about and, and taking time off of his show and off mm-hmm. of what he normally does to address these allegations it's like that's not what got you to no. your 15 minutes of fame. No. So what are you changing your deal out there?
1: And he knows that, too. I think you got some bad advice, Brad. I think that's
0: probably what it is more than anything. I suppose.
1: Hey, you I know, suppose. Sony, uh, you know,
0: considering talking to uh,
1: uh, Chris and Anna today with Retrofit Films, uh, Sony uh, is doing a, a 3D. It's Sony, Discovery, and IMAX. They're launching a 24-hour 3D channel, and it's uh, actually uh, uh, this weekend, according to uh, two sources. The channel... Uh, just struck its first uh, carriage agreement with DirecTV and is set to officially announce the venture. Uh, A service is called 3Net. Uh, Air shows Hmm. about 3D experience along with uh, spectacles from space, such as Hubble 3D narrated by Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Wild Beast Migrations. That's one that I do definitely not want to miss. That's uh, okay. So anyway, you've got your 3D channel now. Go get yourself a, a 3D TV. Hey, let
0: me tell you a little bit here. Uh, uh, did you have something to say, Brad? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, first mover advantage. We'll see if they can hold on to that. Uh, the HDTV, I mean, uh, the HD network. You remember the owner of the Dallas uh, Dallas uh, Mavericks, uh, You know, Mr. Millionaire?
1: Oh, yeah. Started,
0: started HDTV. I don't. I think that thing is still, yeah, Mark Cuban, he's Mark Cuban, still floundering. Yeah. He's still floundering, but yet he was first out of the gate on that. So I'm not sure that first mover uh, is always as best uh, of an advantage as they used to say back during the dot-com-dot-bomb
1: days. (laughs) You know, uh, speaking of the Dallas area with the Super Bowl behind us now, uh, Kelly Blue Book had an article about uh, the responses to uh, uh, the websites and such as they related to uh, announcements and interested uh, people going to uh, kbb.com. Uh, be, both be, uh, during and after the game, apparently, uh, the uh, two-minute Chrysler 200 ad scored a thousand thirteen yeah. percent in traffic for uh, that specific model. Volkswagen Beetle, two hundred ninety-three percent increase. Wow. Hyundai, uh, two twenty-nine. Chevrolet Camaro, and so on and so forth. Uh, so right. obviously, the uh, uh, the, the uh, Super Bowl is not necessarily only a branding mechanism. Uh, driven by creatives uh, somewhere. It it's, uh, sometimes makes a lot of sense. And hey, we've got Chris Hanata coming up here shortly on the advertising show. We'll tell you about Chris in, in just a moment. Jeremy Kent is with us right now. Jeremy is our European correspondent. We always like what Jeremy has to say. Let's listen.
2: Hello and a very warm welcome to the European News Desk, coming to you from the heart of London. I'm Jeremy Kent. This week, Twix goes global, two Daves fight it out in court, and a new year means new agencies. Twix, the British chocolate snack bar owned by Mars, is about to launch its new global advertising campaign. The TV ads will break later this year and mark the first global push since the Twix account was consolidated into the TBWA network last year. Until that time, the US business had been held by Sapient Nitro. The new campaign is designed to humorously position Twix as the snack choice when taking a break. In the minds of British consumers, that niche is currently occupied by Nestle's KitKat, with its long-running Have a break, have a KitKat slogan. To coincide with the new campaign, Twix packaging has been reviewed and a new global standard features the symbol for a pause button instead of a dot over the I in Twix. Dave is a common name, but multi-channel broadcaster UKTV is fighting a court battle to trademark it. UKTV launched Dave the TV channel in 2007, but its attempt to trademark the name was recently rejected by the European Union following objections from Dave, the engine-owned brand consultancy. Dave, the agency is based in London's Soho and was established four months earlier than the TV channel. UK TV says that it's confident it will win on appeal, but if it doesn't, then it may have to change the name of the channel and pay engine compensation. The start of a new year sees many clients shuffling their rosters and a raft of agency hirings and firings follow. 2011 is no different. Volkswagen has announced that it's reviewing its European arrangements as it creates a new roster of agencies to pitch alongside DDB, it's incumbent for over 40 years. Meanwhile, McCann is continuing to overhaul its European and London management teams. Adam and Eve has scooped the $40 million Halifax account, one of the UK's largest spending financial services firms. And House of Fraser, the company that owns the world-famous Harrods department store in London, has announced that it's seeking an agency for its $8 million account. This is Jeremy Kent at the European News Desk for The Advertising Show.
1: Jeremy Kent with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. Chris Hanada is our guest today. Uh, Chris started his entertainment career working at uh, with, I should say, Tom Cruise and Paula Wagner at their uh, CW Productions. During his years at the company, he wore many hats and included ever-increasing responsibilities in script, a story development, research, production management, international um, public relations on a diverse slate of feature films, including... Uh, the Mission Impossible 2 film, Vanilla Sky, and The Others. In O uh, two, Chris left Cruz Wagner to work in feature films, serving as a, a production coordinator on films like uh, The Lords of Dogtown. In O four, Chris and his producing partner, uh, Tanner Kling formed Retrofit Films. It's a new media venture that has continued to push the boundaries and the uh, transmedia space by directing and producing a variety of mobile, web, and broadcast campaigns for such clients as NBC, Universal, Fox, Disney, WB, The CW, DreamWorks, Adidas, Sprint, AT&T, Honda, uh, Milk, uh, Kia, Ogilvy, and Unilever. So uh, basically. You've been around the block there. Let's see, you've got uh, University of uh, Texas. Uh, is that what this is? What does it say? You've got a... Uh, oh, you, you are part of the uh, digital media interactive thing at South by Southwest. Is that right, Chris?
3: Uh, yeah, we put together a panel there last year uh, talking about uh, branded content and integrations.
1: Wow, how cool. Hey, by the way, nice to have you on
0: the show. Welcome.
3: <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I like that uh, European... Uh, pronunciation of Adidas Ray. That didn't get past me, by the way. That was nice. Thank you very much. Sir. I like that. Thank you. Hey, uh, uh, Chris, I know your partner, uh, you and your partner, Tanner Kling, uh, currently had retro films. And uh, to get us started, by the way, Tanner Kling, is that not a sports name or what? Batting third, first baseman <laughs> Tanner Clean. <laughs> I mean, the guy—I don't know what he does, you know, at your firm there, but uh, he's got a name straight out of the sports pages. Apparently, does back? nothing. He just bats third. That's it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, so to get us started, <laughs> Chris, tell us a little bit everybody, about everybody Tell us a little about what's going on at Retro and what you guys are currently working on.
3: Well, you know, we've been um, we've been working on a lot of integrations. We've actually got um, uh, one uh, set of promos uh, coming out for Nikita. Actually, it goes live either tonight or tomorrow um, on the TheCW.com. And uh, it's part of a IKEA um, promotion that ties in with the show Nikita. And uh, you'll get to see some character profiles on their stars. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: And I understand since our senior producer, Ariel Santillian, uh was one of a, a number of your uh, interns last summer in your Los Angeles office, uh, told me about your relationship with the CW and that's an ongoing relationship. I guess in your business as in our business, you call that your uh, I don't know your uh, uh, your base business that keeps you going and then your other stuff uh, uh, is just the fun stuff that you get to work on. Is that right?
3: Yeah, I mean um, the, the CW and NBC have both been kind of our core clients that have really you know helped us grow as a company. And um, you know we've done a lot of uh, promos, integrations, and then been able to do some fun web series with them as well, where we would spin off uh, a storyline from one of their shows, uh, be it Vampire Diaries or Heroes or My Own Worst Enemy or Gossip Girl, uh, and be able to kind of take a storyline that, that the writers weren't normally able to, to get into, and then um, uh, create it for the web. And then usually from there, it would go onto the DVD as well. and. And those are you know a little more complicated but um, but they 're a little more fun
0: well let 's talk a little bit about that for a second over the past uh, several years, I guess you could say we've seen brands try to bridge the web to TV media space, and a good example being Fred the movie. Uh, share with us your thoughts if you would, Chris, uh, on what it takes some of the elements that go into making the successful web to movie uh, transition work so well for a brand or a uh, film or tv program or whatever
3: you know one of the the biggest things with brands stepping into the content creation space um they, they've had quite a few challenges and i think some of them when working alongside television shows the most successful ones have been when they've incorporated the uh the writers and the creators of the shows um we had a lot of success with the uh, with the heroes web series and it was because you know, they were always um, writers from the show who were advising or writing the uh, the web series. Um, Tanner and I had been embedded with the show doing um, promotional material for them and, and commentaries with the cast and other new media for them. So we knew all the players. We knew the show very, very well. And so uh, when web series were, were going to be made, it, it wasn't like bringing in a whole new team. It was taking a lot of the people who'd been around it already and, and you know turning it... From a television medium into a web medium and then similarly they did uh, they did a couple web series with um uh branded web series for the show both brought uh by sprint i believe they were both uh, sprint web series the first one um was made by a completely outside team written by the writers but uh different directors different cast not shot on their sets and uh the fans didn't respond to it and then the second web series that was brought uh, brought to you by sprint actually aired partially on air with the show um, and those are the ones that we were actually brought in They're the last ones that we did there and uh, those were received a lot uh, received much better
0: you know that's a good example of what not to do how can a company like sprint i mean i don't know that you want to <laughs> take a lot of time you know Nagging out here on on a client, I guess, but uh, it's it's always surprising to me a large company like a Sprint would stumble and make what seems such, like such an obvious mistake in, in attempting to you know get out there and do some content creation and do it with all new actors and new writers etc. Is it just obvious to me and Ray or what?
3: I mean, everything is obvious in uh, in hindsight, right? But uh, I don't think Sprint made a mistake as much as they misjudged the uh, the fans and how particular they were about that show i mean that show was a was a genre show with a very avid fan base and, and you know even the episodes of the show when they veered off course from what the fans were expecting they they weren't uh, they didn't let them off the hook so that show in particular it just it had a tone that everybody you know from the production designer to the directors to tim kring the the showrunner to dennis hammer the executive producer everybody Protected so much, and so once it was pulled outside of the show's control, you know, it just didn't have the same feel. And it wasn't it was badly produced if you watch it, it looks great, it just didn't feel quite right,
0: you know. Uh, uh yeah, I guess was that a money saving attempt uh, with new actors, new script, or what was it? No, <laughs> Bad management actually, much? it
3: was just a logistical thing, I think it was just how the deal went through because, um.
0: Yeah.
3: The money, money you know, they actually had more money than we ever had to make any of our web series. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it was also kind of at an odd time where the, uh, it was shortly after the writers' strike, so the deals with the writers, actors, directors, they were all just being solidified and figuring out exactly how you could work within the new media space and not violate union agreements.
0: Well, you know, I want to, since we're talking about budgets, I'll ask one final question uh, along those lines. We're going to get in later to augmented reality and some personalization with regard to content and some other things. But let's talk about budgets as a wrap up to this segment. I would imagine that uh, during the economic downturn that you're being asked to do more with less, as many of us in this business are. And I'm curious. what you're seeing out there in terms of budgets these days and what are clients asking for and are you being asked to do more with less budget
3: yeah i mean when a when a brand comes to us and says pitch us an idea they usually want not just a commercial idea not just a web series idea but give us a transmedia idea they ask for an idea that that has commercials on air commercials they has can be expanded into web series can also include print can also include radio you know and then they they want it done for say, a million dollars or shortly under, all of it. So then you have to come up with ideas where you basically create a script for a web series where you can also, while shooting, grab pieces to make the commercials, where you can also you know, take time out to do the, the print shoot. And, um, you know, and that, that's some things that we've done in the past. And it, it, On the one hand, it feels more efficient. On the other hand, it does ask a lot from the production team to, to do that all with, uh, with that amount of money.
1: That's unfortunate that our industry is at that stage at this point in time, and I understand probably eliminated the the lunches and such like that from the production, which would be a, not a
3: Actually, bad idea. Actually, I never, ever eliminate lunches, because okay. when your crew's hungry, <laughs> you get a lot less. You've got
1: to feed the I understand completely. The advertising show, it's Ray and Brad with uh, Chris Hanata out of uh, California. It's Los Angeles, right, Chris? Is that what you said? Yep, in Los
3: Angeles. Okay. okay.
1: It's uh, Retrofit Films, and uh, we understand from Brad that he got a psychedelic experience from that, we're not sure if that's a flashback <laughs> or something, but you, you know, it's worth checking out, okay? Advertising Show is being sponsored by shipple.com. Check them out. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. It's a great company for marketing.
0: You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. No, nothing takes it off like Nuxima medicated chain.
1: On The Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, talking with Chris Hanata out of L.A., the founder of Retrofit Films. Retrofitfilms.com is the website. And, Chris, such a pleasure to have you here at The Advertising Show. Welcome back.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, there's been a term uh, floating around for a while now, uh, transmedia. You used it last segment talking about budgets. For our audience that may not be familiar with that concept, Chris, share with us uh, the whole process of transmedia. What is it? What is it not? I've read a lot uh, about it, and I I think there's a debate as to whether it's really a marketing term or is it an expression of art or whatever. I'd love to get your take on that.
3: Well, I've definitely heard it used in the marketing terms where, as we talked about in the last segment, where brands want a transmedia experience, which means that they can take a campaign and have different elements living in different mediums, whether it be, um, you know, a, a web series, a, a commercial, a, a radio spot, and you know, have elements everywhere. From a storytelling and creative perspective, it is when you can create a story that you need multiple platforms to tell. Um, there was a Tim Kring's Nokia series, Conspiracy for Good, which I think was a true transmedia series um, that uh, uh, you had to, in order to advance the story, you had to different, visit these different blogs, you had to get texts on your cell phone, get uh, uh, find little things that were hidden on air on commercials. And it was kind of uh, in all these different parts of the world.
0: Well, you know, let me, let me, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, Chris was done. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Do you well, So do you agree, Chris, that the most successful transmedia campaigns to date have by and large been a part of an overarching marketing campaign? I mean, you know, think about it. Transmedia projects need promoting, and just like any other form of entertainment, the marketing folks are the ones that can afford it.
3: Well, that's kind of the big thing there is that, um, you know, there's been a lot of people out there that have tried to create their own transmedia storytelling, but... Um, You know, we always say that uh, you're one click away from getting skipped and a thousand clicks away from ever being found. And you do need to figure out a good distribution and advertising plan to even get your series out there. And it is the marketing dollars and the big brands that have that money. So, you know, this marriage of commerce and art is not going to go away and I think is actually essential. I see the brands getting a little bit more uh, savvy to content creation as, as time goes on. You know, if you look at some of the early web series that were brand sponsored i think there was one by tide called crescent heights they were a little clunky and then they were very blatant with you know it'd be a little series that took place in a laundromat of a apartment building and you just had Tide sitting everywhere and i think you know fans are a little more or the audience is a little more refined than that um but uh and the brands are starting to to be aware of that and kind of integrate their products a little bit more uh,
1: subtly okay you know we need to dig some dirt here now not necessarily dirt but you spent a few years five to be exact with uh cw productions that's tom cruise paula wagner's company Mm -hmm. and uh how was that working for those guys what was that like
3: you know it, it was my very very first hollywood experience and so um talk about trial by fire i started you know working with some of the top players this was in the in the '90s, so we were it was Eyes Wide Shut, Mission Impossible Two era was when when I started there, and um, it was really really intense and so exciting and so much fun. Um, they were great to work for because they they really it was a small company with eight people, so you got to be in there, meet all these great filmmakers, see everybody work, and be on the inside. And uh, I, I gotta say, I, I really I learned how the business works. I learned how the politics work. Um, it's a fantastic experience. I would not give it up for anything.
1: So Tom and uh, Paula were good teachers for you then, mentors.
3: So much. Yeah, I mean, they, they were excellent. I mean, just in being able to watch them by example and, and watch those deals get put together and watch them deal with production you know, problems and, and uh, how they would just kind of move past them and, and make it all happen. And, you know, and in terms of, of uh, product integration, I mean, that's where uh, about the time that things really started heating up with um Brands needing to help augment the budget of a feature film, and you know, whether it be Oakley and Mission Impossible 2, or or um, I can't remember any of the others off the top of my head, but uh, you know, seeing those deals come together and seeing how it all worked was a great setup for what I actually ended up doing eventually.
0: Cool. Go ahead, Brian. Well, let's shift gears for a moment and talk a little bit about uh, augmented reality. We've had several guests over the past few years talking about this subject. Share with us. Chris, your thoughts on AR? Is this something you guys are getting into at Retrofit? No,
3: it's it's actually nothing that we've really looked into. Not in terms of augmented reality. Um, you know, I have noticed that there's been augmented uh, entertainment um, with different apps. Uh, I think my generation had a had an augmented entertainment app that heard the sounds from the show and then trivia and other questions and things like that would pop up on the app so that in real time you would be able to interact with other information and I think we're seeing, going to be seeing a lot more of that. I heard Grey's Anatomy recently came out with one too and it kind of speaks to the, um, the short attention spans of the viewer. I mean, I don't know about you but there's a lot of television that I watch at the same time as checking my iPhone or playing on a game or, you know, let yeah. me Angry Birds or whatever. And, and I think one way to focus everyone's attention is to have these, these apps which tie in with the show so you can keep the viewer focused on, on what they're actually watching.
0: Cool. Well, you mentioned apps. Uh, Many brands are trying to find ways and new ways, I guess, to deliver personalized content for their audience. And we've seen networks and studios working hard to overcome so-called content fatigue by creating experiences via apps and interactive storytelling. Tell us uh, a little bit about your thoughts on, uh, I don't know, just your take in general on some of the factors that have contributed to content fatigue.
3: Well, I mean one of the big things that's happened with the internet is that uh, content is so accessible and and needs to be constantly refreshed I think it's difficult on the different shows that are working on them to, to have that kind of content produced all the time so whereas 10 years ago a behind-the-scenes featurette on a movie or on a TV show you would get on the DVD and that's about it maybe a couple blurbs on Entertainment Tonight or one of those shows Now you have behind-the-scenes blogs, you have video blogs, you have video chats with the writers, you have video chats with the producers, and then uh, updates from the actors from the set and Twitter feeds and this and that. And you have so much that's being asked of the show that at some point they get exhausted doing it, and it starts to become watered down. And then when you have so much, the audience kind of stops looking at it all and and reading it all. And, and, um, you know, when a brand wants to create an exclusive experience for... um, Tied in with the show that they want them to get their eyes on, they've got to figure out a way to make it stand out. And I think apps uh, are kind of the new wave of what we're seeing people ask for, you know, whether it's a, a partnership with a show. Um, well, like, I'm not sure Grey's Anatomy is a, is a brand sponsored one, but it wouldn't surprise me to find out that a brand said, you know what, we don't want just our ad to run in front of your behind the scenes content on. On uh, ABC.com. What we want is we want an app experience that everybody's going to download that they'll know it's from us.
1: Chris Anata is our guest here at the advertising show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Chris is founder of
3: Retrofit
1: Films out of LA. Retrofitfilms.com. More of the interview, we'll have that for you here in just a moment, Stephen. back with ray Shillins and brad forsyth on the advertising show with our guest this weekend out of uh, la it's chris hanada founder of retrofit films chris a pleasure to have you here welcome back
3: thank you
0: yeah, and really, go to retrofilms, uh, I'm sorry, retrofitfilms.com. Yeah. It's uh, quite an experience. If you had any experience with psychedelics, mushrooms, any of that, you'll love it. Yeah. Hey, uh, network advertising, Chris, is not as simple as buying spots or network buys anymore. You're an insider. You see what's going on out there. It's certainly a lot more complex than it was not so long ago. Talk a little bit about the elements uh, advertisers are being offered these days by networks.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can I can speak. Um, I can't speak to actually being in the room when the deals are made, but I can speak to seeing what happens um, afterwards because uh, that's that's when we're called in to help deliver some of those elements. You know, if you look at, um, I think a, probably a great example would be our uh, Gossip Girl Dove Go Fresh uh, campaign that we did mm. uh, last year, and uh, the CW um, sold obviously airtime to Dove, but in that they also said we we're going to make these exclusive. Um, storylines of these real New York girls whose lives mirror the uh, the lives of the characters of Gossip Girl. And what you ended up seeing uh, on air was during the show you would have promos, which were all part of this, this package that we produced with one of the stars of Gossip Girl, where she introduced Dove and Dove's messaging and says, stay tuned to see this real New York story. And then on the fourth commercial break, after the fourth act, they bought out the entire commercial break, where it was our, our three minutes of our, um, of our, you know, little featurette on this girl. And I, I remember watching it and saying, you know, throughout this, we've, there's a huge amount of airtime, which has been bought by Dove. And, you know, I have no idea what the money is there, but the, the money that went to the production of these featurettes was, was not nearly in comparison to what it would cost to create that much, that many commercials. So, I mean, that's one of the ways I think they're maximizing, um, the amount of time that they're buying, because... That kind of time uh, to, to fill that with standard commercials would be extremely expensive.
0: Absolutely, yeah. You know, that's interesting. Uh, I was going to talk to you about the creative challenges of uh, ancillary content, and you just covered that. Uh, are you guys involved at all in the interactive side of uh, what goes on with network buys these days?
3: No, no, we aren't. We're really focused mostly on content creation and trying to find out different ways of, of making content interesting. <laughs> So you wouldn't, you wouldn't create
0: content for uh, the web or go about it differently than traditional channels?
3: Well, you have to create it differently just in terms of how the budgets are. I mean, they're yeah. usually a fraction of what the budgets are, and you have to, you know, be willing to experiment, be willing to take risks. I mean, when we first started with NBC, you know, they, the, when we were working on Heroes. We wanted to shoot something on the red camera, and, and their policy was like, no, can't shoot on the red camera. It's experimental, and we said, well it's going to be cheaper than shooting on film, obviously. And so we're going to have to find something else that, that you guys are fine with. And in the end, we were able to shoot on the red camera. They were very excited about it. And and now we see, um, we see people experimenting all the time with digital media because the technology is leveling the playing field.
0: You know, I've worked with a, a shooter that had a, a video company that had a red camera, and it is quite... Uh, Quite the gadget. We, it's uh, amazing what that camera will do. Of course, it's not cheap. So I guess you get what you pay for. Cheaper in your business.
1: than cheaper than the cameras used to be, though, and for a lot more. Really.
3: Yeah. And what is cheap, though, has been the, the Canon SLR cameras. There's the Canon mm-hmm. Mark II 5D, which is basically a still camera that has this phenomenally big chip in it. Uh, and you know, we use that to shoot one of our Vampire Diaries web series. Hmm didn't tell the client really that we were going to and so they show up and they see a still camera on a dolly and it it looks fantastic in the end and um, uh, last season the finale of House was shot entirely on that camera and you're wow. talking about a camera that's uh, you
0: know
1: $2,000? Yeah, really. Nice to nothing. Hmm.
0: The, uh, you talked about the, the web experience and, and having less budgets for creation, uh, content creation. Webisodes, of course, have become the gold standard for new media campaigns these days. The days of simply, I guess, creating a, a new consumer content is over. Share with us, Chris, your thoughts on how companies can integrate new digital content strategies to create more meaningful consumer experiences.
3: Well, I mean, everybody's trying to create that, that brand experience for somebody, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's been, if you look at the track record of web series, and the ones that have been really successful, it seems like comedy is the, uh, is the more successful one. It has a more viral component. When people find something funny, they tend to share it. If they find something really moving and dramatic, usually you have to be involved in the story enough uh, to, to get to that point emotionally. So that's not as shareable. And I think that, um, you know, the, the, the comedy uh, comedy in the extreme type of, oh, my God, I can't believe they just did that uh, type of advertising and web series are the ones that really get passed along.
0: So as we wrap up this segment, a couple final questions. I'd like to get your predictions on what you, Chris, feel that marketers can be expecting to be seeing roll out in terms of new media for the near term.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot more um, app content, um, even though the iPad, I guess, is, hasn't fully penetrated the, the market in terms of, um, you know, how many people actually own it. There seems to be a lot of push towards tablet content. And, um, you know, I, I'm already getting asked to develop ideas for uh, apps that, that are brought to you by a brand that serve some purpose and some sort of unique type of um, ability that are also, you know, for the Apple iOS or for Android. So it, it seems like everybody wants some sort of app because it creates it creates an interactive experience that is new and different and, you know, maybe maybe doing things on the desktop computer, maybe that that time is is dying a little bit.
0: Hmm. And one final question, we leave it wide open to you. You'd like to leave our audience with some thought, I'm sure. What might that be, Chris? <laughs>
3: Well, I guess the biggest thought that I'd want to say especially if there if there are brands listening out there is just to not be afraid to take risks because it seems like the the brands that have taken the most risks and the ones that uh, are the most experimental are the ones that see the greatest returns and you know, we we often get to tell us something that's never been done before and then show us how it's been successful in the past. And so, you know, we've got to move beyond that. We've got to just Really be able to jump out there and try new things. So, you're
1: suggesting never let the CEO see it, is what you say, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. Not till it's done and proven successful. Then, yeah, the, the then se- they'll
1: sign off. <laughs> the secretary said she's a little uncomfortable with that. Hey, Chris, we'd like to uh, thank you again for being a part of this show. You, you sound like what you do is a lot of fun, and that's a, and that's a great way to, uh, to say a lot about you as well. Retrofitfilms.com is the website. Chris, uh, continued success in L.A. and all over the world and on all kinds of apps as well, too.
3: Thank you so much. Had a blast with you guys.
1: Thanks. On the Advertising Show, it's Ray and Brad. And so we wrap up today's show here at the Advertising Show. Ray and Brad Forsythe. Thanks so much for listening again. Tell a friend. We've got uh, an encore show coming your way next week. Uh, It's um, a very, very, very nice person, also out of L.A. Her name is Linda Resnick. She is vice chairman of Roll International, and you'll find out all of the incredible various things she's involved with. Amazing. Absolutely amazing as it relates to products, new products, rebranding, ideas, ideas, ideas. The lady has it all together. Linda Resnick uh, next week here uh, on the Advertising Show. for It's being brought to you by... Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Tell a friend to listen in to The Advertising Show, which is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. Talk to you next week.
0: Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.